Are we live? Of course we're live as we are each and every day. One love to the Twitch gang. I hope everyone's well and safe. Welcome back to another edition of the DG podcast, Deluded podcast, all of those things. Shout out to everyone who's listening on the replay on YouTube. Big shout out in the same level as Twitch really to the Spotify and Apple users. I respect it. I really appreciate it. Now, obviously with it being Tuesday, there actually isn't too much Going on with football, it, you know, well, again, you know, that's subjective. If you're a Spurs fan, there's plenty of things going on. We'll get on to the latest of Conte as he is more or less a Spurs a Spurs manager. It looks that, you know, he is an all but name and it just seems like it's done. It's probably a case of taking the pictures, you know, taking all them, the, the announcement pictures and, you know, briefing the media and then it'll be announced. It seems like the legwork is done and he's agreed an 18-month contract. When you mention Conte, you mentioned serial winner in it. So make of that what you will. In it's simple as that really, you know, complicates things. And I don't think it complicates anything where teams are concerned. What I do, however, believe, though, is that it makes it very exciting in relation to, you know, who's going to, you know, what the league is and things like that, if I'm complete, if I'm completely honest with you. So we'll see what happens in that in, in that regards, people. We'll cover Conte in, in a bit, really. Um, we'll start off just after I welcome you lot in. As I always say, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and of course, good night in some cases. Hope everyone's doing well and safe. It's Tuesday, you know, second week, day of the week. Let's attack our goals, you know, aggressively. Let's try and overcome hardship. Goals, hopes, dreams, aspirations, all of that stuff, as usual, wishing everyone and their loved ones listening you know continued health i don't mean to be a bit shameless but as you know it's a big day for content today you know about four four pieces of live streams we're here today we're here right now obviously at 10 a.m then we go over to youtube at 11 30 we come over back here at 5 20 for um you know Champions League Malmo against Chelsea. Make sure you're setting your reminders. And then obviously 7.45 for the 8pm kickoff over on YouTube. You've got Atalanta United. And it's the same routine kind of more or less tomorrow as well. So make sure you're checking both platforms. You're following, you're subscribing, you're doing all of those sort of things. Before we crack on, let me show you lots of love. I appreciate it. Big up the night. But as he said, for extra live streams and videos, make sure you're subscribing to me on YouTube. And obviously to stay up to date when I go live and everything else, follow me across all my socials, especially Twitter, which probably my favourite one, Deluded Goon is 04. Um, should do a lot more stuff on Instagram, if I'm honest with you. But yeah, good morning, DJ in the chat. Hope you're well. Hope you're doing better. You know, Josh V. M, I appreciate the positivities. Cam, I appreciate you as well, my guy. Good morning, DG, bro. Big day of football. Shame we're not participating. We're not, man. But on that note, it's my guy. You know, stress-free watch along, innit? Nothing to do with us, really and truly. Shout out, CeeLo. Back in this cold weather. Big up, DG, same way. Appreciate you, my guy. Uno Emre to Newcastle. Premier League might have all the best managers in the world, you know. Forever Spurs. It may, you know, it, 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 it's, it's money talks. It's a money talks thing because, obviously, I look at Uno Emre at Villarreal. You've got stability. You've got, you know, I don't think he was... To be back in your homeland for Emre is a big plus. And this is a man that's worked in France, worked in England, you know, obviously done things and probably will manage in another country. But I didn't like how, I always say it, I didn't. I don't like how the media kind of treated Una Emre, especially with mocking his accent and the good evening stuff. And obviously there's a laugh and a joke. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when it goes beyond that. And I feel 
especially when someone from the jump has attempted to try and learn this language, speak this language, adapt to English society, something a lot of people get vexed about. I think you give a, give a man a, a bit of a blight sort of thing. Don't be knocking him. And I can understand why Bielsa and Poch initially, maybe they showed no willingness to learn English or maybe they always knew English. They just didn't want to talk. So, yeah. But it's a money talks thing, you know. Again, stability at Villarreal. Won them the Europa League. Working with less egos, you know. Again, back in his homeland, so he's going to be treated a certain, a certain way. There's no reason to leave Villarreal. Saying that their form's been a bit shaky. And obviously in football, anything can happen to anybody at any time. But just for it to even be a thing, you know. Newcastle, money talks. They can offer him, I won't say necessarily a better project right now. But long term, provided they stay in the league and he's able to do that, there's a good project. There's money there. Obviously, they're willing to pay compensation to Villarreal so it's a money talks thing you know other teams can't really in other countries they couldn't go and do that really and truly you know so it's a money talks thing but you're right man Conte's back seems to be back rumours of Una Emre you know you got you know again you've got quality managers in and around you know all these days are numbered it's one of them ones big up DG and the entire nation same way we got carried away with Conte at Arsenal we can't get carried away with him at Spurs elite manager but there are many other variables that must first be in place and of course you know Conte, once you get past the prestige of... Listen, I for what it's worth, I think Spurs are going to be 30 under Conte. I hope not, but I hope it is. Because obviously, the players didn't... Look, you know, again, I don't want to read too much into it and I could be wrong, but not a single player's done them little PR things like, oh, goodbye, manager, you worked hard, you did this. Not even a young skip. Nobody seems to have done that. Um, and I don't want to get two and two and make a million, but do you really like your manager? I just feel like with Jose, the new and Jose is different. Kai, he's got the clout. I just think them Spurs players they weren't convinced with Nuno for one. They probably gave him a chance. You know, when you're not convinced, when the training sessions are probably dull. You know, I think his press conference pre and post games, whether he's talking about the players or to the press, he never handled that well. You just didn't see us as a neutral, as much as I can say that as an Arsenal fan. You never saw a reason to say why Nuno might have certain people riding for him and all of these sort of things. Added to that, the dull football, the inconsistent substitutions, the bewildering team selections and choices, his days were numbered. So when I look at Conte, the first thing is, bro, you, Conte, look, we're getting excited as football fans are speaking about Conte and whatnot. So if you're a player, the same logic was over Jose, but you hear Conte, you know you have to move serious. You know if he was one of the first names on the team sheet where Spurs are concerned, you got you, you. Everybody starts again. If you weren't, if you are Winks, and I'm not saying Winks will get involved, but Winks was talking about not playing Delhi Ali the same. And next man's come in, you might get a new lease of life. You know, I think because of that, he's going to galvanize people. I think obviously, when you look at a lot of clubs, even United, Spurs, Arsenal, when you look at the table until January, it's going to fluctuate. So I don't think Spurs' season is a write off. It might be a write off in the sense of they've got a new manager, he needs to have his own players, all of that sort of rhetoric. And you're hearing he's getting 150 million in January to spend, which they need to back him because, you know, really the spines win you titles. And I know they didn't win a title with it, but they haven't replaced prime Danny Rose and prime Kyle Walker. I know Regulon's there and I like him. Centre-halves, they've got Romero. Davison Sanchez is OK. But apart from Romero, probably nobody is levels to even get to a standard of Vertonghen and Toby in their prime. Loris is still there, but he's not going to be there forever. Um, So they need to replenish the squad, much less midfield is not good enough. There's an over-reliance on Kane and Son to score goals because they're quality players. But at the same time, you know, if they're moving shaky, no one else is grabbing goals. You add that to the sense of uh, Vinicius that was there last season and, and Bale, you know, two people that were there on loan. You've lost 20 plus goals instantly, just, just even whether it was in the cups or whatever. Their man scored 20 plus goals collectively. 
you've let that go. So when you can't keep clean sheets, when you can't score, you're in problems. So I think considering I wouldn't say the season mathematically is a write-off, this could be what galvanises the fans and whatnot. Because you, well, fans, certain Spurs fans were singing when they were losing. There was booze, people busting out. That's probably what made Levy make the decision. It's like, boy, you know what? Well, man, after, the, the, the universe is saying Nuno isn't the guy. So I think Conte will unite the squad and, and everybody connected to Spurs. Obviously, Conte is worth it. You know, to say he's a good manager is an understatement. So I think he's going to be there. I think up until January, I'm not really scared. I think you might see a managerial bounce in that. But at the end of the day, some of these players are not levels. I do think he'll, you know, a lot of us are looking at, you know, what he was doing with Latoura Martinez and um, and and Lukaku. And we're looking at, you know, is he going to go free at the back? So does that mean Son and Kane, you know, getting back at, at it? But you might see that partnership get it, go up a new level. You might see them play as strikers, maybe more in the ten. You might see some fullbacks playing well. I do think you'll probably look at a couple of Spurs players and Spurs fans, a couple of players that you didn't think were good enough or they were past it. Conte might find a little role for them. Keen to see what he does with Ndombele because obviously he was there when Pogba was doing his thing at Juventus. But again, Ndombele, you know, he's probably the least the least willing runner in that Spurs team. Conte, you've got to run. You've got to be dynamic. And, you know, Conte doesn't, I think they need it. Conte doesn't take no shit. It doesn't matter if you're Harry Kane or Dane Scarlett or some young G. If you're not performing, it's an issue. And if you're Tanganga and any of these centre-halves, and however Conte lost there at Spurs, if you do not improve as a defender, you've got to slap yourself. So three at the back, two up front, galvanise. You know, Conte's done the business where, where it's concerned. They've only got him on an 18-month contract. So if I'm leaving, make it work. You've got to double down. Probably expensive compensation package if it doesn't work out for Conte. But you've got to back him properly. You know, it doesn't matter who the manager is. Spurs' squad is not levels. You should not be playing Hoiberg and Skip every week together, like, as your first choice. Need centre mids. Need to look at it in that defence, really revamping it. You know, you'll probably get a tune out of Emerson Rowe and probably get Regulon playing better. Um, I believe in Romero. I think Romero is one of the best in the league already. Um, or was going to be in that shout. I'm not sure on who the partners are. Again, probably everybody's looking for Maverick players. So it is what it is. The latest on Conte, um, for what it's worth, people, um, apparently even Conte to meet Tottenham players as he joined... Tottenham, Conte to meet Tottenham players today as he joins to replace Nuno is what it said. Antonio Conte is due to meet Tottenham players today after putting the finishing touches to a deal to become the club's new manager. So again, it's done. All that's probably being delaying it is the media, media being briefed, Conte interview, you know, all of these things to make it look prestige when he gets announced. So it's probably done, people. It's understood the Italian has agreed a deal to manage Spurs on an 18-month contract with the option to extend. Also, he's worked with the critiques he done, so it should work out well. If you know how somebody works, something should happen. So again, I'm sure they've probably drew up targets who they want to go for in January. You'll probably see a couple of Italian, if not Italian nationals, people that have played in Italy, because they were linked with a couple, even Tomiyasu and these sort of things there, people. So, yeah, that's the, that's, that's the latest, people. Apparently, Conte talked in details about his ambitions and plans, as well as 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 well as how he would get the players fitter. Again, Spurs' press is atrocious, people. Um, so, yeah, people, they gave that to the hierarchy. So, yeah, it is what it is, people. It seems the former Chelsea, Inter Milan and Juventus man is doing his thing. Apparently, he rejected the job last time around because there was concerns as to how they would raise funds. They had no intention of selling Kane. Obviously, there's COVID and that affects who you can and can't bring in. Allegedly, that's what the Athletic said, people. So, yeah, it is, it is, it is what it is, people, in relation, in relation to that. Um, 
yeah, Conte's Conte's more or less a, a, a Spurs is the Spurs manager. He's going to lead training today, so it's more or less been confirmed. I'd be surprised if by the time this finishes or the next stream at eleven thirty, make sure you've opened up your YouTube tabs and set your reminders if he isn't confirmed as such. People, so it is what it is. Um, yeah, man. Not only that, though, when you speak of Conte, you've got other. Obviously, there's other managerial jobs, and we've been indirectly speaking about Emery. Keep quickly going over the M rating. Apparently, you know, M is the leading contender to become Newcastle United's new manager, with the Premier League club working to finalize an agreement with the Spaniard. The Athletic understands Newcastle's search for a successor to Steve Bruce is now down to two candidates, with Eddie Howe the alternative option to Emery. And I mean, I won't say they're two polar opposites, but quote-unquote potential to um, um, polar opposites. Sorry, mate. Let me make sure i got a timestamp. Una Emre slash Fonseca. Villa. It's like a lot of managers are potentially losing their roles, people. Big up everyone locked in. I'll get to your comments in a sec. But, um, yeah, two different sort of Donnies, you know. Obviously, with respect to Eddie Howe, you know, Eddie Howe is experienced. He's helped Bournemouth through numerous leagues. He did he did leave and come back, but he's helped them through the leagues. He's very hands-on. He knows how to work within a, a, a setup, and he's a trainer coach first. I have him down as the same with Una Emre. Now, the key is to stay in the league. I think Una Emre puts Newcastle at better stead. You can have all the money, have all the, you know, Saudi Arabia, being money that's backing you and all these things if you're in the championship you set your plan back so the immediate right right now is to stay in the league um you could say eddie howe knows the league and you know i think emre will put them in there and emre will be stability first so with that i think they need to revamp the team with respect to the bradcar i think the spine you know if you're trying to rebuild and up something it's the spine you look who can you really say is a good defender in that team you know lascelles is, is good in terms of leadership but he's lacking in significant quality so you need to revamp that that should be their plan. You know, first things first, off the field. Let's revamp our academy. Let's revamp our scouting. Let's revamp our practices. Let's do all of that stuff. You know, let's get a manager in who we can see being here for two to four years to really stay stabilise stuff. You know, the same logic that saw Emre come into the Emirates, you know. And for Emre, he's got to ask himself a, lot, a, a big question because for me, I'll be sitting there and going, yo... I didn't really have the best of times at, in the Premier League. I was kind of done a bit dirty, you know, the law of the Premier League, the finances, you know, the project that, that Newcastle could do, you know, it could be all set up well for him. Obviously, the ambition, he's played against Newcastle a couple of times, so he knows what the fan and the stadiums are like. The, obviously, the money factor as well. You could actually, things can change at Villarreal, even though I think you've got stability there, things can change. You might get the clip and say, what if? Because Newcastle are going to wait for you forever. So I think Emre should be it. Whether they'll give him time or whether they'll get it done is another thing. And it will leave um, Villarreal shorthanded. Apparently, they'll have to pay 5.1 million in compensation whether Emre was to agree this, people, as he's under contract until 2023, people. And obviously, you know, Newcastle are prepared allegedly to meet Emre's personal terms and pay him the sort of salary he was earning at Arsenal. So again... You know, money ain't a thing for them, man. There, but you know, that's a big outlay because you could give my, you could pay his compensation fee, pay his personal terms, and I, I would want Emre to stay in. I want Newcastle to do well, but he could get relegated or it could not work out and stuff like that. So they're clearly taking the risk for Steve for for Eddie Howe, probably less expensive, but again, probably relishing getting back into the role. And he did he not have Celtic talks not too long ago, and he didn't take it. So. He's clearly been waiting for the right job. As you lot can see, though, despite this 350 million takeover, staying in the league is a priority. If you do not stay in the league, there's an issue there, people. Um, and you're going to be in significant problems. So that's where Una Emre is concerned. Obviously, it seems like a managerial 
merry-go-round is happening because apparently Aston Villa are the light, latest Premier League club to line up a move for former Roma Shakhtar boss Paolo Fonseca. Apparently Dean Smith is on borrowed time after four straight Premier League defeats people. The latest, obviously, that humiliating 5-1 uh, against West Ham United. For what it's worth, Aston Villa have sounded out Paolo Fonseca as they consider potential replacements for under-pressure boss Dean Smith. So that probably will throw Eddie Howe into it. He's worked with Pardon me, Mings before and, and stuff like that. Apparently, Sports Mail, where I'm reading this article, understands that informal contact has been made with the representatives of Portuguese of the Portuguese coach and sources believe Smith is on borrowed time after four straight losses. And again, if we look at Aston Villa's next games, because I, I think they are quite difficult, obviously make sure you're joining me at 11.30 on Twitch to speak Arsenal. I mean, YouTube to speak Arsenal. They've got Southampton away on Friday, Brighton at home, Crystal Palace away, Manchester City at home. And then they welcome, they've got a period from the end of November to December, people, provided Dean Smith makes this, where it's Crystal Palace away, City at home, Leicester City at home, away to Liverpool, Norwich away. So again, and then on Boxing Day, they got Chelsea. Bro, I can't lie. It's not, I wouldn't want that run of fixtures if I was Aston Villa and the way they're playing and the way they're moving. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's an absolute mazza, people. I appreciate everyone who's been subscribing and supporting the thing as well. Make sure you're subscribing. But yeah, apparently the word out of Villa Park last week was that the hierarchy led by Chief Executive Christian Puslow remains supportive of the manager, but the contact with out of work Fonseca indicates the candidates are being explored. And exactly, you know, this tells it, you know, feasibility it's just like it's just like with with Nuno you know Spurs probably started indirect talks with Conte or whoever a long time ago and obviously results have accelerated things you know again indirect talks are probably being happened what would you want as a contract what is he like as a gaffer and things like that and Fonseca has been linked with a few roles like he even used to get linked with the Spurs and Arsenal job so I'm sure he's relishing the Premier League and you're out of work in it really and truly you know, as you lot know, Villa sit 15th in the Premier League and three points above the relegation zone, people. So it's a bit of it's it's a bit of a madness. Um apparently there's a feeling among some supporters that the head coach is taking the team as far as he can after three years in charge. Probably, and he's probably not the man to rebuild the team and rejuvenate things after three years. And again, right now it doesn't look like the, the Grealish money was spent correctly. You know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. At the start of the summer, we weren't saying that we're saying, boy, Buendia, that's ambition, Bailey, baller couple other men came in and it ain't worked out. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you do as a gaffer, you know, really and truly. It seems, it does seem like he's on borrowed time, really and truly. So, you know, that's 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 where you're at. That's where you're at with, with the managerial sort of stuff where Emre Fonseca are concerned. Obviously, we just, just before that, we spoke about Antonio Conte. What are you lot saying, people? Because, you know, let me got live from Planet X. You're the one who got that tangent started. So, yeah, that's out the way, man. Everything in life's a risk, 100%. But Villa looking fraudy. Should Arsenal be worried? I mean, everyone should be worried or not worried because at the end of the day, you know, for me, the way Arsenal are at the moment, we're in such a bad way historically that we need to just look at ourselves. Finishing above Spurs, all these things, they, they should be done, but we just need to improve what we're doing first, just carry on doing what, what we're doing, really. I hope, I hope Conte fails, bro. Big up my guy, DG, keeping me awake on this night shift from over here in the USA. People deluded. Big up yourself. One love to my nine to fivers and all the grinders and everyone who's out there getting their money and paying their bills. Pleasure to be of service, man. Maybe a translator would have helped Emre in the press conferences. 
I don't even think it was that because he spoke clearly. Like, he actually had a very good grasp on the language of English. It's literally people just taking the media, just taking the piss. Like, man, just saying good evening, good evening. And like I said, in isolation, it's, it's banter, isn't it? Like, Emre used to laugh at it. It then started going beyond that and getting a bit vicious, especially at the time where my man's leaving and looking like he's leaving. It's becoming a bit like a pantomime. And I just think it, it just rubs me up the wrong way because you see a lot of that in society, man. Um, it is what it is. Gary Neville was getting mad about the Super League, but the Premier League are trying to make their own mini Super League, really, with all these billionaire owners. Champ, this is the Super League, bro. You know, Gary Neville wasn't getting angry for legitimate reasons like you or I. All them Sky Cats and all them guys, they were vexed because it was a pie that they weren't having a part of. The same Sky Sports that tried to fleece us for shit games um, during COVID and still in COVID, they're on the same thing. The Premier League, all these guys, and I can't lie, I'm not for the Super League. But the way, and, and for what it's worth, the event as chief executive hasn't given up. When you look at the way the plans have been revamped, when I looked at it in principle, I wasn't for it, but I wasn't necessarily against it. I just, you know, I, I don't, as, again, it's the devil we don't know and the devil we do know. And, you know, UEFA, FIFA, Premier League, Sky Sports, all the governing bodies, all the, all, all whatever, everybody's the wild, wild west. Everybody's got their hands dirty and they're saying that that one's a thief. It's not making no sense. If the energy comes back to the Prem, he should get out. If energy, I think you mean if Emre comes back to the Prem, he should get a warm welcome when he comes Emirates, but he won't. He should, but yeah, man, he's gonna it's gonna be a Mazda. Emre is a gent, no Sarah grapes um shown when he left, nothing but respect and gratitude. I really rate him. They mock Emre and he keeps winning as if English is everyone's first language. Exactly. And I just feel when it comes to the language of English, people that have the privilege, such as life and whatnot, to speak English and colonial powers have seen the fact of English, French, Spanish, all of these things are spoken along, uh, you know, are held in higher regards in, in comparison to certain countries' native tongues, romance around these 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 languages as, a, as opposed to first world countries. But I do think people really underestimate how much of a skill it is to be able to speak English and things like that and, and whatnot, especially when, you know, you've come from third world country, you have to move around and do a couple things, man. It's crazy, man. Always hit that little shoulder butt hoop when DG ch chant comes on. Hey, my guy. Yo, DG, what's good? Any predictions for the Champions League games tonight? I'm not going to lie, Alex. You saved, you saved my bacon there because that was something we need to speak on as well. Champions League preview let's see what's up people and on the topic of champions league as i keep saying people manchester united against atalanta from 7:45 on youtube from 5:20 again it's marmo chelsea again today and tomorrow 5:20 make sure you're here tuesday and wednesday that will be the first of my champions league watch alongs tomorrow i'm actually looking forward to ac milan porto make sure you're there the 8 p.m fixtures i'll be live from 7:45 on youtube so again make sure you're there obviously please make sure you go over to youtube and hit the like button people we're finally getting our engagement and traffic going again. I'll be live at 11.30 to talk. Luis Suarez opened up on the move from Arsenal to Arsenal not working. We've been linked with Danny Sabayos again. And, you know, I'm sure you lot will have some talking points to throw in there. I've not been here for a minute. Why not, Emma? You're doing me dirty. That breaks my heart. But nice to see you back here. But anyways, let's get into the Champions League and, and whatnot. And, you know what, we might as well go over all of Europe. Really. So obviously you've got Malmo, Chelsea. Now Chelsea are going to be without a couple of players, really. Again, you'd have to type it in on Google there without a number of players. I think Lukaku's not there. I'm not sure on Pulisic. I think Pulisic is back. I know Werner's not there. 
Um, Kovacic isn't travelling. Chelsea fans know he's not coming. But you've got Malmo, Chelsea, Wolfsburg versus Salzburg, Austria versus Germany there. Villarreal, young boys. Juventus versus Zenit. We're on the face of it. You'd expect Juventus to win, but their league form has been on the floor. Bayern Munich versus Benfica. I think that's going to be a close game. Sevilla versus Lille should be a good game. Dynamo Kiev hosts Barcelona, you know, of the post-Kuman era, and they're still yet to bag a win in that. They drew their last game in the league. Real Madrid Shakhtar the next. I hope that's one full of controversy. Um, That's actually tomorrow, people. But, yeah, to end today, you've got Atalanta versus Man United, where obviously Ole Gunnar Solskjaer bought him some time against Spurs, needs to buy him some time today. Obviously, you've got the Manchester derby, which we'll cover at some point during this week on Saturday at 12.30. So it's just about surviving, you know. People, it did look like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's head was on the chopping block and he would be the next managerial sack, but he survived Nuno, you know. I'd even say he survived, you know, he survived, he's definitely survived. He's probably looking like he's going to survive D, um, Dean Smith. You know, Daniel Farke should be gone. And, 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 you know, he made some interesting comments in relation to Billy Gilmore and how they're not there to develop players for other teams. But, yeah, it is what it is. So that's today's fixtures. Once again, people, let me run through that again. Malmo, Chelsea, Wolfsburg, Salzburg, Villarreal versus Young Boys, Zenit versus Juventus, Juventus better yet versus Zenit, Bayern Munich, welcome Benfica, Sevilla versus Lille. Um, Dynamo Kiev against Barca, Atalanta against Manchester United, Real Madrid against Shakhtar, Milan against Porto, um, and this is tomorrow, sorry, you've got Real Madrid, Shakhtar, Milan, Porto, Sporting, Besiktas, that should be a good game, low-key, Dortmund versus Ajax, you know, in the last game it was amazing, but as I always say, you know, the, the, the sequel is never near nearly as good as the original movie, so I don't know if we'll see Dortmund, you know, get slapped up again, but I'll, it will be good to see. You've got Liverpool, Atletico, Madrid, which I'll be doing a watch-along for as well, people. Hopefully that's a, that's how it was in the last game as um, Atletico travelled to Anfield. And I remember the last time they went to Anfield, or a couple of years ago, Partey had a good game and, you know, Lorente did mad and Morata was rattling. You've got Sheriff against Inter Milan. You've got Manchester City against Club Rouge. And to end it, you've got Leipzig versus PSG, folks. So, again, it's due to be an interesting one where Europe is concerned. Um, that's the Champions League, though. If we look at the Europa League, which probably is going to be Antonio Conte's first game as Spurs gaffer, where, you know, they, I think they've got fit tests. But, you know, where the Europa League is concerned, you've got Galatasaray versus Lokomotiv Moscow, Real Sociedad against SK Stuttgart. You've got Gent against West Ham, Bronby against Rangers, Lyon against Sparta Prague, Legia Warsaw against Napoli, Olympiacos against Frankfurt, but Monaco against PSV, Leicester against Shakhtar, where the, the reverse fixture was crazy. Daka was moving mad. Braga, Ludigretz, Leverkusen, Betis, Antwerp against Fenerbahce, Ferencarvos against Celtic, Dynamo, Z Z Dynamo Zagreb, sorry, um, Rapid Vienna, Red Star against Michelin, and you've also got Marseille against Lazio, where we watched that game. We did a watch along on Twitch. I ain't doing that for them, man, again, people. That was tiresome, people, but we're hoping that, you know, Marseille win that. And obviously, it's, it's you know, we've got a duty to do things in it. Conference League, not that I care about this competition and whatnot, but if we're going to talk about Europe, we might as well talk about it properly, people. My word, bare teams, I don't know. Karat against Kat Yarabag, Flora against... Uh, Anaferotis, so it sounds like butter against a disease in that game. You've got Randers against Jabalonek. You've got AC Amonio against Basel. Gent against Partizan. That's a game to look for to scout people, really. Zora against CSK Sofia. Um, LASK against 
Alaskar, Lincoln Red Imps against Slovian Borislava, Tel Aviv against HJK, AZ Alkmaar against Kluge, Pakao against Copenhagen, Renz against Mora, Slavia Prague against Maccabi Haifa, Una Berlin against Feyenoord, you know, Reese Nelson watch, Romar against Glimt, where they got smacked, they got hit for six Roma in that game, and you've got Tottenham against Vitesse, and no, I was not making up some of them teams respectfully, absolute Mazzolini, but yeah, man, that's where the Champions League, Conference League, Europa League, all them leagues are concerned. Probably by this time next year, there'll be a next made-up European competition, making it all mad again. One love to you lot tuned in, though. What are we saying, man? Keep the comments coming. I'd rather watch Rongans. Trust, I ain't played for Rongans in a hot second, but if you got Rongans, and I ain't playing this week either because Arsenal's playing, but yeah, man. 5,000 days since Spurs won a trophy, by the way. I can't lie, man. You know, they got Conte in it. Them banters might have to stop, man. I can't lie. I'm here for United hijacking the Conte deal. I mean, all I would say is that, you know, I have to assume maybe they did want Conte and something happened, but I'd have to assume They've never been as close to sacking Oli as even the even in the aftermath of the Spurs game, really, because again, Conte seemed like he was waiting for the, the the United job. With respect to Spurs, there's no contest. Spurs have probably showed intent, like, yo, listen, we actually want you. There's this budget, there's that. United are just we're interested, but we're not really on it. They've probably not called his phone. So it's it's been a myth, really and truly. So they have to that one there is gone, isn't it? Liverpool win the champs. Who knows, man? Who knows? They seem like the team to beat across Europe and the league. Chelsea will win the Champions League. I hope they don't do the double. I mean, they've got two Champions Leagues. I mean, I don't need another one with them, man. Sky was trying to bump people by charging $14.99 per game during lockdown. Absolute liberty. Exactly. For shit games as well, you know. When you have migrant parents, the stuff with Emery hits different. Exactly. When you've got migrant parents, some, some are first gen coming from another country. Some your grandparents might be that, you know. You know, I've got a lot of friends who, who have that, you know, really and truly. And again, you see it and myself and, and and you see it as well. Like I've got, I used to have an Asian friend whose friend, I mean, his, his dad used to have a shop and, you know, I have to rate it, you know, because before he even had a grasp on the language of, Eng of English, he was, you know, building businesses and things like that. And his English is good, but, you know, sometimes words might. It might not be the right word, if that makes sense. And he, you know, we actually sat down and speaking about because obviously, as much as I can sympathize with an Asian person or whatever about racism, it's a bit different. And we was having this chat with his dad and he spoke about the initial racism. Like he, sometimes they were sending for him, man didn't even understand. And he spoke about the way he taught himself. You know, he was, he, he, he learned, I think he went and done a course on English and then he learned like little phrases when people come into the shop. He really don't understand, you know, watching TV and things, you know, it's, it's a couple of the things Emre used to say as well. People really sleep on that. And like you said, it pisses me off, Carl. Uh, you can't be mocking. Well, I'd rather be able to speak, you know, Spanish fluently or one next language and I can have a conversation in English and the wording might be a bit off, but I could have a con I could survive. Emre could survive in England. Like if he got lost somewhere, he could have conversations. Bare people can't do that. You know, bare people can't do that. And I think it's mad. 
And I think a lot of people even know that it, it, it rubs people up the wrong way, the way you're moving. Because again, a lot of people are speaking from, from privilege. They've never had to be in outside their comfort zone, especially in this country. More time, people go to Spain and stuff. They want everyone to speak English. But how many times you see English society, they'll go Caribbean or go Africa or Asia or everywhere else. And they're vexed that the English ain't being spoken. More time, you can live in an English world in the next country as well. You know, I've got Bayesian in me. It kills me. That, 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 you see that in Barbados all the time. Not that... Asians don't speak English, but you get the point in it. So it's a real privilege. It's jarring. Good morning, DG. Nothing better than starting this glorious day with an AM stream. Big up. I appreciate that, my guy. It's a crucial world. My parents didn't even speak English at 10. Got absolutely slaughtered growing up in Australia. Exactly. And you probably had to fight your way out. A lot of that. Start smacking. Yeah, I was about to swear there. Start smacking guys up. Spurs will find a, a way to Spurs it up. It's their DNA. I hope so, bro. But I think Conte might just bring some silverware there. Let's just hope it's nothing of significance, though, man. And again, hope and pray, pray and hope and all of these sort of things, people. Now, again, I didn't watch it, but I saw the highlights. Everton got absolutely rubbed out um, against Wolves yet again. Moving on from all of that, though, let's see some transfer news, people, and what's going on where, where the transfer business is 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 concerned um so yeah obviously you know let's go with sky sports what they're saying first allegedly in fact before i start saying allegedly let's re let's refresh the page make sure we've got the latest antonio conte will be given 150 million to revive tottenham in the transfer window and the thing is Obviously, Conte is a bit of a, he's, I, well, he, I, I think he's bigger than Spurs, isn't it? He's an entity in his own name. Now, I, I look at the Spurs structure, it's like, okay, cool, him and him will be working together, him and Patrice, sorry, because they've been at Juventus. But who's going to decide on the players? Like, did how many players did Uma, Una, um, did Nuno decide on? And I'm not saying that as an excuse. I just want to know who is charging the rec who is leading the recruitment in Spurs's regard. Because based on the players, it seems like it's Patrice because of the players they're being linked with are predominantly coming out of Italy and whatnot, and they're signing one two good young players. Saying that they signed Gill and Emerson from 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 La Liga. So again, maybe Conte can work with him, but are these going to be Conte targets? But they need 150 million. How far does 150 million go for you? I don't know, because you look at, not that I'm saying Arsenal should be used as an example, but we spent that exact figure. And ours, yeah, people could say we spent the most, but ours was kind of necessities. We're not doing the, you know, people could say we spent 150 and, you know, uh, City spent 100 mil. But as you lot know, they spent that on one player. That's icing on top of the cherry, you know. They bought, that's basically buying a flat screen TV or some better surround sound. Arsenal needed to make sure there was no asbestos. We, you know, we had running hot water. We had running heat. Make sure the foundations and are, are good at the house. Make sure there's no mold. That's what that 150 was spent on because that's the spine of our side. Brought in Ramsdale, got Tomiyasu, you know, premium on Ben White. You know, you get the point, you know, Tavares coming in and being a squad player, all of these sort of things. And I think Spurs need to go and do that. Can they find, you know, Lokonga? They probably need to go for lesser profile because 150 million. How many established first team players is that going to sign you? I do think if, you, if you're on a conservative thing and you're not getting the, the madman, madman players, you could probably get three to five players with that. Same way you could probably, you know, you could do the same thing with a young, with youngness. But again, a decent midfielder is probably going to cost you about 40. Half decent centre-back. And this is conservative estimates. A half decent centre-back, unless you've done your scouting, it's going to cost you anything from 25 million euros to 40. So that's about 80 on two players, you know. Suddenly you've got a little bit of change. And, you know, again, is that going to go far on a striker? 
Is that going to, you know, I don't know what Nune, what Conte might be looking at. If he's going with a back three, does he say, I want a next centre-back? Do I need a centre-mid? Do I want even a next right-back? Do I want a backup left-back? You know, I don't know what he's on. Goalie even, I don't know. I don't know. So, I don't know how far 150 million can go, but it all depends on what you're doing with it, people. Apparently, Chris Wilder could take over as Barnsley boss for what it is. Apparently, I never saw it, but late in Orient against Hartlepool, apparently, Alan Young, who was the referee, is braced for the axe after... He forgot to play injury time, people. He just kept playing on. Head loss, really and truly. Liverpool have been told they'll have to stump up 67.5 million to sign Pedro Gonalves from Sporting Lisbon. He's quite good, if I'm honest with you. Uh, as we will speak about Daddy Ceballos later. I mean, these are some poor, poor reports here. Let's go on some. Let's go on the transfer news of gold.com, people. What else is happening in this transfer business? Yeah, these raw, raw people. Again, if you're looking at where the Champions League's concerned, Messi's been left out of the squad. Messi's been left out of the PSG squad due to knee and hamstring injuries. Ain't been working out really and truly for Messi in, in Fingy so far, really and truly. It's a bit mad. I know it hasn't worked out for Saul. Um, at, at Chelsea, but I'm just seeing an article, people. Apparently, he's in line to start in the Champions League. Apparently, Saul's taking lessons from his footballing family admit a turbulent time in his professional life. His father's a retired footballer, and obviously, he's got older brothers who kick ball. You know, Chelsea have signed him on loan with an option to buy. The way he's moving, he's up there for flops of the season right now because he ain't he ain't really done much. You know, when Tuchel obviously said he requires time after hooking him after 45 minutes, he requires time and adaptation and is in the ideal place to evolve, evolve, continue to grow and regain his sporting level. His eldest brother said, so not two core apologies. His middle brother says, for me, it's, it's an ideal team for him. He always watched the Premier League because he likes it a lot. He likes the intensity vertically and especially its fans. They always help their players, their team at all times and especially in less good moments. Both Cesar and Kepa are helping Sal to, a lot to adapt. I'm convinced that Saul needs the adaptation process for a player like him. I'm sure the best process will be seen soon. And again, you can't really judge man on six months. But again, when you're on loan, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a madness, people. Apparently, he's embracing learning the language of of English. I thought this was a real detailed article on why he's struggling. It seems like a bit of a a bit of a woe is me. Um, I don't know if anyone knows, but I'm sure you all saw in the last couple of days, Sergio Aguero was hooked. In the game, Barcelona played, had tests and there was sort of heart issues. Apparently, with due to these chest problems, he'll be out for three months, obviously, as they look to get to the get to the root of the issue. So we're wishing him, pardon me, the best. If you start looking at some of the transfer news where goal are concerned, apparently Jose Mourinho is trying to raid his former employer's Real Madrid for Nacho on an initial loan, loan um, with an option to buy We've spoken on this Newcastle's pick between Emery and Eddie Howe. Apparently, Conte wants Spurs to sign De Fry, who, you know, is a decent centre-half that plays at Inter Milan. He's come a long way from, you know... Who was he at before Lazio? Because he was kind of rugby and he, he was a decent defender, but he used to get ripped. He went to Lazio. He's now at Inter Milan and he's found a little role for himself, the 29-year-old. I don't know how long in terms of longevity that has. He's only played for three teams. So, yeah, he was at Feyenoord. I didn't really rate his thing at Feyenoord. But since he's gone to Italy, I can't lie. I see it. I see why they'd want him. And that'd be a good signing for Spurs. Not sure for longevity, but again, they need that really and truly.
Apparently, Manchester, a Manchester United starlet, Martin Stiziski, is seeking a move away. The 19-year-old has less than a year to run in his current contract and has turned down numerous extension offers. He's eager to take on a new challenge and has interest in Italy and Germany. Apparently, Napoli, Frankfurt, Hoffenheim and Atalanta are looking at him. Apparently, Arsenal are eyeing a potential loan deal for Real Madrid midfielder Luka Jovic, which we spoke about yesterday. The Gunners will also push for a £25 million, which equates to around £21 million option to buy for the 23-year-old. I would take him, but again, I don't know, man. I mean, at 23 years of age for €25 million, Euros, even if it doesn't work out, you'd imagine Arsenal will be able to move that on. Um and stuff like that. But I would like someone who we know what we're getting because he needs a lot of work and he's still only 23. On paper, you'd have Balogun and Martinelli. Lacazette's gone. Abamian has gone after a year from that. You know, in an ideal world, he ties into what we've got. He could be a leader. He could be here in terms of longevity. I do think he's one of those players that you made the jump to Real Madrid when you weren't ready. You really, I don't want to say you had a purple patch, but you was really out excelling and you needed to do that again and again. So for what it's worth, I would take Luka Jovic to be fair with you. And if we can get a deal, I'll be I'll be all for it, but I don't know if there's any truth to that really and truly. You know, you hear we want Ceballos, which we'll be speaking about at 11.30. Apparently, Rinola wants Haaland to join Barcelona, people, which apparently a couple of days ago, you saw that Haaland wants Real Madrid. I Just my opinion, and I know he's got a meeting scheduled with Manchester City um in January. I can't imagine he doesn't know where he's signing. Unless a lot of variables change, you know, certain things could happen, anything can happen. I don't, can't imagine he doesn't know the club he's signing for because, you know, him his advisors toured all the European clubs last year. Things can change, but I'd imagine if, if he doesn't 100% know, they're at least in that direction. Now, they can change course, but I would imagine that. And it just seems like to me the, the media's talking nonsense or Mino Rinola's doing what he can and just playing all of you lot to get the deal, best deal for his client and ultimately himself, which I've got nothing against. Apparently, he's got a strong relationship with Laporta, Laporta and, is, and is eager to arrange a deal in 2022. To be fair to if anybody needs these Haaland's and Mbappe's and any creditable player that's getting linked with moves, it's Barcelona. Look at the playing squad. It's absolutely atrocious. So he's been linked with that. There's been a delay with Gnabry's new contract extension at Bayern Munich, but they're confident that he will eventually sign that deal. Kareem Adeniemi is set for a PSG move. Apparently, the Red Bull Salzburg star has already had conversations with Dortmund and Bayern Munich, but it's set for talks with PSG people, which is a Mazzolini. I hope that's not the case. Apparently, speaking of PSG, Paul Pogba is leaning towards a PSG move instead of Real Madrid, um, which I'm not too sure why. Again, but you see some reports today that say his first choice is Juventus. You hear some people say Real Madrid. So, again, a player of that profile and calibre is going to have to pick a club. I wouldn't rule out a Manchester United, you know, staying at United. But again... I can't see it happening while he remains out the squad with Oli, you know, and I don't know what else is going on in that regards, people. But I wouldn't rule out anything. So it's bound to be it's bound to be an interesting one. Pogba to PSG, Conte 150M war chest, transfer budget, Jovic loan to Arsenal. When this gets uploaded on YouTube, that will probably be the title of that i can't even sit here and cap to you lot people big up the twitch gang and everyone else listening so that seems to be that where that's concerned what are you lot saying that seems to be the transfer news real madrid aren't what they used to be they aren't but they look like they're trying to get back there you know again vinicius is coming out of his shell now you know i do think 
there's a strong chance they're going to land both Mbappe and Haaland. You know, a couple other players are there. You know, Mets, Sar's a very good player from Mets. And I mean, I've done videos on him. It's a shame that I'm going to have to agenda, say he's not good and all of these sort of things. We have the Norwegian Sabah. That's harsh, man. Do you put Conte up there with Pep and Klopp? I don't think I'm that convinced by him. Same bracket, same bracket, like same realm. Like if there's a if there's an exclusive members club, Conte's got his membership. He can, you know, the bouncer don't have to say sorry, you're not allowed in. He comes in, but I just think Klopp. They, so like I said, same bracket, but Klopp and Pep for me, it's like if they're in the same realm, like Klopp, Klopp and Pep are here, and Conte's their car. You can't belittle Conte's thing. It's like obviously. Juventus been running away with the league. It's no coincidence Conte stepped there last year, done his thing. You know what he's did for Juventus as well. So that's Inter and Juventus. We all know what he did in this country for Chelsea. Again, you know what he's on as a manager as well. Didn't have the best of times as the Italy manager, but he's he's worth his weight in gold, really. He's improved players. He's, he's you know, he's had his own... I don't want to say revolutionised the game because cycles happen. Those of you that are old enough to remember, you know, it feels like in the last five years, definitely with Pep going to City and when people were running free at the back, it seemed like there was a revision of history that that's never been played before, where you go back several years, that's been there. It just it just happens again. And I think Conte, he done what he, he kind of brought the free at the back back because everybody started to copy that one and and whatnot. And he does improve players. I just feel them and are, 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 are definitely Pep and definitely Klopp. I just feel they're a slight class above, you know, they're more slightly, I don't want to say um, Conte can't work with what he has because you've done that with with me, with with my uh, with um uh, Moses Victor Moses in that, but I just feel them lot are just a, anything that Conte can do. I think they can do it a bit better. Maybe they ain't they, you know they don't coach the art of defending to the standard that Conte can. But I think them two are a class above. I mean, same bracket but just slightly higher. And I think obviously in Europe, I do think Conte underperforms in Europe. I even think Inter Milan, forgive me if I'm wrong, did they not get dropped out of the Champions League and then went to Europa and made a meal of that? So I would say what tips is probably, I think Conte's a good enough manager and he can make more of a meal of things in Europe, but he didn't. But I think he's worth his weight in gold and I think, you know, he's going to shake up the Prem and all of, and all of these things. Versus Pep Guardiola. Let's call it that. That's an interesting one, though, man. I wouldn't say... To say not convinced is harsh, though. I don't think the football is necessarily with Conte going to be amazing. I wouldn't say there's a million chances available to young players, but the man will find a system. It will work. There will be a toughness. And ultimately, it does typically correlate to winning stuff. Now, we hope, just like with Jose Mourinho, that Spurs managed to, you know, show that they can try really hard to not make that, you know, not be part of the status quo, really, and truly. We got you. Mad question. You can't even see my face. Question. Villa versus West Ham. Villa takes West Ham striker out just outside the box. Gets red card for clear goal scoring up as he would have been one-on-one. -on -one. If the striker was two paces forward in the box and was brought down, it would have been a penalty rather than a sending off. So what's the defender to do? Foul the man in the box and concede a penalty or outside the box conceding a free kick, but leave his team a man down for the rest of the game. I think this is a grey area. But you've said it, bro, and I can't really give you an answer. But what I will say is that he deserved the red, but this is what I mean when I always say the art of the defending is gone. Soon you're just going to see 11 attackers. You're going to see centre-halves among the top goal scorers. Football is going to get mad. There's no point defending. You've got VAR, you've got all these other things. And to be honest with you, all I would say is it sounds a bit, doesn't really answer, but all you can do is make sure your position is spot on. I would say I'd rather give away the penalty because 
yeah, you could say it's a free kick, but ultimately, if nothing comes of the free kick, you've left them a man down. Obviously, you, you know, if you can see the pen, you hold your L and whatnot, but you can get back in the game. And obviously, your team's task is going to be made 10 times harder if they're down to 10 men in it. So I'd probably lean towards staying on the pitch. But like you said there, ultimately, it's not one that you can answer, my guy, because there's a massive grey area. And every week we're seeing these grey areas and things like that, man. The four players up for Arsenal's Player of the Month award for October, Aaron Ramsdale, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Gabriel and Smith-Rowe. Fair play. I'd probably give it... Ramsdale's probably going to win it. I don't feel Gabriel and Smith-Rowe will get their clout. Aubameyang's done done his thing as well, but I, I wouldn't say, yeah, he's, he's up there with them, man. I think Klopp and... and I think Pep and Klopp can go to any team and bring success. I don't think Conte fits at Spurs. He's not going to work with youngsters or work on a tight budget, really. But we'll see. To be fair with you, if I'm Spurs, you probably just scream, fuck the youngsters, really, you know, really and truly. Um, I'm not sure on Pep, though. Now, again, I think you... Pepper's not every manager is... You don't have to... Just because you can't take a team from non-league and get them to promote it to the Prem don't mean you're not a good manager. There's some managers that are very hands-on. Certain managers, which I think Pep kind of is, is that you need to have a certain... You need to be at a certain level as of a footballer, mentally, technically, and all these things for him to work with you. You can't be... You know, he ain't going to see... Like, you know, when Koscielny and, and Giroud, they're, they're coming from humble beginnings or Jamie Vardy before he's got to his level. I don't think he's going to take them man there and make them that, if that makes sense. I think he can take quality and make you extreme quality. I think Klopp is... I, I, I'd back Klopp, you know, if they were both slapped in the championship with teams on a limited budget, not that Klopp hasn't spent money, but I think Klopp can get out of that league, you know, as in, you know, take a mid-standard. Now, if there was a team that needed to, you know, that had a, in the playoffs, in the championship, sorry, that had a decent sort of team, they needed to be, make the playoffs and get promoted. I think Klopp can do that. I mean, I think Pep can also do that, but he need to spend the fortune. There's no way getting around it. Saying that, you know, he did spend a lot at Barca, but initially he brought through a number of academy players, Um out of who's the better manager between Klopp and Pep, I don't know because I think Pep has revolutionised the game. I think you have to give Pep his flowers. You have to respect Klopp's thing as well. I definitely feel, you know, it, there used to be, not that, nothing to do with Klopp, but it felt like there used to, when you said Pep and Klopp, you know, you would give Pep Klopp his flowers, but it felt like there was a gulf. Like, now, obviously, he's doing his thing at Liverpool. I think it's neck and neck, honestly. I'd, I'd give it to Pep, Kyle, Pep's, Pep's Pep in it, but... When you look at it, it's probably, you know, Klopp has every right, really and truly. I'm interested to see how long both men will spend at their clubs because obviously Klopp has, Klopp has said he needs a break at some point and who knows when that break's going to happen because that it's Liverpool squad's very much here for the present, not necessarily here for the future if you look at the age and profiles. And I'm sure Klopp wants to stay there forever, but the rebuild's going to be brazy. Um, Pepper's already played down reports that he'll manage another 200-odd games for, for, for City. So they've got to be planning their replacements and the knock-on effects that happened there, which will make it interesting. Very interesting. Conte can go to any team and get success. What team's he gone to and he hasn't got success? He hasn't. I mean, he, I mean, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. There's not been a team. And we hope it's now, though. You know, they're going to get linked with a bunch of signings, people, man. So, yeah, they're expecting an announcement. And, I mean, if they don't do much with Conte, then there's a 52-year-old, oh, again, one of the most experienced individuals already there, people, you know. It's the 3 You're going to see bits with him. I'm trying to see if there's been any clubs that he hasn't had success with. And I mean, I, I mean, I, he's been at Atalanta, he's been at Bari. I mean, we could scrutinise them, 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 them times there and see what they were really saying. But of significance, 
don't know, man. What I would say is when it ends, you know, when it seems it seems to end calamitous for 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 um for for Conte. Even if it's not necessarily form, like he is a very controversial man at times. You'll have to see. And apparently, you know, his family love London, so that's what probably a help as well. I prefer Uncle Klopp's, Uncle Pep's philosophy. Ooh, I'm a bit. I'm on the fence. I think my my philosophy is a few a, a mixture of the two. If I'm completely honest with you, it's a fusion thing because. I like how Pep plays, but I do think there's an element of it. It can be this in its heyday, it's a madness. But I think at times, definitely where Bayern Munich and City are concerned, as great as they've been, I think there's been times where it can be described as dull, as stale, and whatnot. I just think I would look to play that sort of football Pep plays and all them things. But I like Klopp's pressing. I like that aggression. I like that. That that's a lot of things I want to see in my team, in it. And obviously, I'm a Wenger fan, so there needs to be an element of artistry. So little bits and pieces, man. I'm starting to put Klopp above Pep. He should have won a, a Champions League at City by now, really. I hear that. And even Klopp, Klopp's got to two finals, you know. No no shame, bro. He bucked a serious Real Madrid side. You know, Pep's just over, over, been overcomplicating things consistently. And even in the final, really, I honestly think that's the best, that's the best chance, man. Really and truly to win something there in terms of that. Big up yourself, Villa Carl. Boy, Dean Smith is serving you lot. All right, man. You've been real humble since Arsenal have played you lot now. I'm playing. I wouldn't, I genuinely wouldn't be shocked if after the summer window, Conte got top four with Spurs and was a title contender just because it's Conte. I mean, I hear that, but Conte is not the one playing though. So we need to relax a tiny bit. Kingsley Coleman and Sterling on Xavi's radar at Barca. Didn't think he'd be going for that. Klopp's style seems like it would work with worse players as well. The best peps only work with a, a certain, with a man of certain style. And that's it, you know. I think Klopp can make you overperform. I won't say Pep can't because he has done that at times. But you look at some of the humble beginnings. Yeah, he's, you listen, Allison and them man, they've been bought for big money. But Henderson, man, there were some man that weren't really rating his thing. Henderson, Robertson, you know, he's got these lot playing to a certain level. Like they were not bad players, but he's raised the standard. Joel Matip. He's raised the standard. You know, there's even Nabi getting a tune out of Nabi Keita now, really. And that's a signing that should be under review. Klopp, I think Klopp can get, Klopp can make players overperform a bit more, if that makes sense. Um, you know, but if we was working with elite, if you was to ask me like elite, elite players, like I'd want Pep to work with them, like the elitist of elite. If you're asking me to, for overperformance, I'd go with Pep. Um, I also think Klopp has better man management as well, as much as you can say that you do get the vibe of Pep. He's not, you, you can do the football thing, but there's there might be a lack of... I don't want to say lack of human element because he has shown it, but it just feels like there's more of a bit... You know, Klopp comes across as, yeah, it's a football thing, but you can talk to me about anything. And I think you can with Pep, but it just feels like there's football and then that's it, in it? Like, if we're not talking football, there's a it's, a it's it's a bit of a myth sort of thing, if that makes sense. It's an interesting one. Spurs top four. I'm here for it. To be fair, Pep's a passing merchant when he's ready as well. And the thing is with Pep, Pep's always been able to discard people. Bro. Remember when he had Nolito and all these sort of man? Mate, Arsenal smashed us. West Ham smashed us. Not looking good for us. Arteta doing well for Arsenal now. Now though, again, I just need to see it in May, man. I'm not getting gassed off. Nothing Arsenal are doing. I need to see it in January, in May. 
at the end of April, beginning of May, in March, that's when I need to see it. But fair play for them doing their thing, man. At the same time, Klopp only has one way to play. There's no plan B. If plan A doesn't work, luckily plan A is still working. Exactly. I just, for me, it's just the main thing of overperforming. Like, that's one thing I'd really respect that Klopp has over Pep. It's just able to overperform. Like, I don't really feel there's any City players that overperform. There are players that have, you know, you thought what's going to happen there. And you've seen real purple patches at times from Phil Foden, from Raheem Sterling, currently from Gundogan. Well, no, at a time from Gundogan, currently Bernardo Silva. Real purple patches from some players. Ruben Diaz when he's walked through Stones, when he's walked back into the team. But yeah, man, really. It's a very, it's, it's definitely got closer in the last couple of years, man. I just think Klopp has, I don't know, I'm not going to say Pep hasn't excelled because he has excelled. He definitely has excelled. He's left hallmarks in the Premier League. He's left his own history and his fragment. You know, he's badded things up. It is. But I just feel, in terms of the expectation, you know, Pep's just doing what he's doing, you know. Klopp has, and again, it's not fair because the, the, the incidences that they brought in and what was going to do was very different. But I just feel Klopp's overperformed a bit. Like, the expectation when he walked through the club to what's happening now is a massive overperformance. I won't say City are overperforming. In fact, probably where the Champions League is underperforming. But we all know where the league's concerned. They do their thing. They've been doing their thing. And they're going to continue to do their thing really and truly where that's regarded. At the end of the day, it comes down to preference, but I think that Klopp's team only have one way to play, but Pep can make midfielders outperform strikers until it's time to actually score goals, really. And I wouldn't... I think you lot are being a bit harsh because you could say to play devil's advocate, does Pep Guardiola have a plan B? Really, does he? When you think about it, what is the plan B? It seems like it's just that philosophy or the, or the other way. You know, it's a very good debate. I don't know if Liverpool will sink, bro, but, you know, it seems like Edwards is leaving. Klopp is going to want to leave one day. Salah and these guys are not going to be there forever. They're 29-odd, so they need to replenish. So we'll have to see what happens where Liverpool are concerned, man. But to be fair to Pep, you know, I mean, to be fair to Klopp, what sort of plan B? You know, what plan B? I don't think I have, a, I have a manager. I'm sure they will be able to break plan Bs down and stuff. I would see the one, I'd say one thing I, re I respect about Klopp over Pep is Pep don't, Klopp, I'm sure Klopp, every manager must overthink and stuff, but Klopp don't be trying to do that all the time. He works with what he knows and stuff like that. Sometimes Pep loses the game for himself as much as just losing honest games of football, if that makes sense, man. Big up, DG. Let's be real. Conte knows not long ago Spurs were competing for big trophies. A few a few tweets and they'll be valid facts. See what's going on, man. You know, again, at the end of the day, there's a lot to play for. And a new manager's a new manager bounce, getting all together. There's, the it's not even a saving season yet. Spurs have been woeful. They need to hold their L's, but there's a lot to play for. There's like 20 games left. If the false nine doesn't work, they make Edison false one. And that's the thing, nine times out of ten, they don't need a striker. But when you get them one Champions League moments where you need one, like just a striker, he's a striker, you see you see why you can't always, you, you know, football's a very complicated game. One plus one, as I always say, doesn't nine times out of ten equal two. But football at the same time is a simple game. One plus one should equal two. Sometimes strikers just have to strike. It's not this guy's at eight, but the heat map says he moves in these, these nine areas, so let him score and stuff. Sometimes you have to keep things basic. And I think... That's where that's Pep's biggest shortfall. So it is what it is. 
in that regards for me anyways really but i can't lie people i'm gonna have to wrap this this live stream up obviously we've been here for over an hour now i need to prepare for the next one at 11 30 i appreciate everybody who's locked in as i said people it's content 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 520 malmo versus chelsea here on twitch listen very carefully youtube you've got champions league you know We've got Atalanta, Man United. That's at, well, kickoffs at 8pm. I'll be live from 7.45 slash a little bit earlier. 11.30 today, we're going to be talking Luis Suarez's failed move to Arsenal, Danny Ceballos and any other Arsenal bits and pieces you guys have to say. So, yeah, make sure you're there. I've enjoyed the comments. You know, Twitch gang, I have love for you. One love to everybody listening on the replays on YouTube. Shout out to everyone taking in the Deluded podcast on Spotify and Apple and that. But for now, I'm going to love and leave you lot. People stay in good health, stay blessed, stay trying to aggressively pursue your goals and we'll link up again soon, man. But for now, I'm out.